0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here
1: we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it.
2: This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow.
1: I'm Sam Delaney, so what?
2: This is the Keegan Odyssey. We're approaching the end. This could be the first of the last three episodes, maybe. I think this is episode 49. I don't know. Uh, we're almost there. We kind of thought we were almost there last week, but we started doing the Champions League of Fruit instead. Sorry about that, but it needed to be done. People you know, when, liked when things, it,
1: though. I mean, things have to be said. They have to be said. Before we get started, have you tried any new fruits today? Or this week no, since we last n- spoke, or n- no. have there has there been any like f- traditional fruits that you have rediscovered?
2: No, the, the fruit intake has been constantly, you know, in keeping with what I'm used to.
1: Your standard so, fruit,
2: y- yeah, fruit fru- fru- routine. You could call it.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean, routine has been. Talk standard. us through your routine.
2: Well, in the morning, I'll sometimes have a banana to augment a bit of breakfast, you know.
1: Lovely. Very Um, good. Potassium.
2: Sometimes for lunch, I'll have nothing but fruit. If I haven't had my morning banana... Sometimes I'll have a banana for for just for what a we fruit based dinner. lunch, what we called de- it. Yeah, just a snack, just some grazing, just to keep me going. I'll have a, I'll have a banana, I'll have an apple, maybe some grapes or raspberries or even some blueberries, depends what we've got in the fridge. Fuck
1: you, now, I noticed when we were on tour, you didn't really like dabble with lunch much. It well, was, you uh, know, right? With me, I get blood, I get my if I don't have a proper lunch, I'm all over the place.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: I become no, a right I'd, cunt. I'd,
2: I'd, I just, I, I'll. Thing is though, when you're on tour, you've just got to eat whenever you can, don't you? You yeah, don't
1: always true. get
2: a proper meal. I mean, well, I learned a
1: lot on the September tour. On the November tour, I'll there'll be much more strategy around my meal times. Well, there, more just it, it won't affect you, mate. But just know that I'll have yeah. I'll be going into battle with more of a strategy because I was flying <laughs> blind last time. You yeah. had experience for you, from the Mints tour but yeah. I had nothing and I learned a lot of lessons and I'm I will be turning up with a lament probably laminated daily yeah. like itinerary time for table. myself to remind yeah. myself when to eat and go to the toilet and so forth will it
2: be like a school dinners timetable that you get on a be website like for your kids yeah. school what you love every day yeah I'll okay, get my wife or, or
1: no I'll get my mum to do it for me before I leave
2: probably for the best yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
2: are you going to have to like ring home every day as well like when you were in Spain that time or ring your mum
1: Yeah, I'll probably have to go to the hotel, ask them if I can book in a phone call to my mum, right? (laughs) I need to make a phone call to Hammersmith. It's in London. (laughs) I need to call my mother and report on my daily ablutions. (gasps) Mother, I have been twice. Once in the morning after my morning coffee and once, (laughs) once at tea time. Do you have Do you
2: have the area code I'll need to dial for Hammersmith? Because I don't use it when I'm at home. I think it's 01 because I've seen the music on Swap Shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it'll be good if we can call ahead and make sure that all of the hotels we're booked into do yeah. have telephones that are able yeah. to make nationwide calls.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Just I look mean, at into the that. The,
2: day, the most important thing is getting our naps. Because if we don't oh. get our naps, we're fucked.
1: The naps, yeah. I mean, train napping is really, really good. It does you a lot of favors. I mean, yeah. you know, when we were on a long journey, like when we were in Man- was it Manchester to Glasgow, mm-hmm. I think that we ended up doing zero naps. I don't know what we were up to, but <clears throat> I we, don't nap it, on it the was train Nap nap time.
2: I don't know. I, when when you're napping on the train, I just sit and stare at you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When I went on my interrailing trip, which I've talked about before, um, I, I've always been a train sleeper ever since I was a young kid. There's something about the right. rhythm of a train; I'll fall to sleep real easy on it, right? Right. And on it, we were all like seventeen on this trip. And that was so, a glory.
2: That's the fun song, wasn't it? Rhythm of the train.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
2: the rhythm of the train. It'll send you off to sleep.
1: Are you sure that wasn't debarge?
2: It was DeBarge, you're
1: right, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, mate. Is that, that racism i, don't blame you. I think that the I think DeBarge collaborated with her sometimes. <coughs> it was a similar sound. Poor it was old a De very Barge.
2: similar sound to the, the Miami sound machine Gloria was part of.
1: You know we were talking about Janet Jackson last week? Yeah. She, she dated DeBarge, and in fact, I think they got married. Yeah, James DeBarge, wasn't it? DeBarge was wasn't a it? fucking party, like a legendary party man, yeah? and he yeah. fucking got married to a young Janet Jackson much to the disapproval of joseph jackson the oh, but, uh, yeah. overbearing patriarch of the jackson fucking family God. and he and she sort of went off the rails a bit with debarge because right. debarge was a madman um <laughs> and, and and he did subsequently die unfortunately because you know i don't know a lot of his work but if it's all of the standard of um Rhythm of the night, then fucking he was a you know, he was a bloody talented fella.
2: Uh, news just in, he's not dead. What? No, he's Are not you dead. Sure? He's, if I'm looking at Wikipedia, Wikipedia wouldn't lie, would it?
1: He is very <laughs> much alive. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, debarge.
2: If you're listening to this, James debarge, we apologize. Uh, we will retract our comments about know, death. Oh, is that
1: top light time machine? Yeah, it's James debarge. Yeah, I've well, got okay, a complaint L. to make. I don't know where to fucking start. Fuck me. I fucking liked your podcast, right? Some of it, the Keen Odyssey, fucking hilarious. That was what switched me on to it. One of the lads in the Miami Sound Machine said, you've got to fucking get on this podcast, right? Top Flight Time Machine, fucking hilarious, right? I liked it. Thought it were funny. Liked all the dads on roof stuff, that sort of thing. Then I'm listening to it the other day in the car when I'm on the school run. You start saying I'm fucking Dead. The kids were fucking <laughs> up in arms. They're crying their eyes out, right? I'm fucking <laughs> furious. They go, Daddy, you're some kind of ghost. What's going on here? <laughs> no, I'm thing. not happy. I want an apology.
2: <laughs> another thing. You said I was a bit of a wild one as well when I was with, J- I was with Janet Jackson. Right, yes, yes. All right. In 2012, I was in prison after being arrested for assault with a deadly weapon and drugs charges. But I was released in 2015, and that was four years ago. I've changed. I'm allowed to change.
1: <laughs> oh, that's it. He wasn't dead. He was in prison. I feel I feel a bit bad now. Sorry, DeBarge. He was, but-
2: he was part of DeBarge, the group, along with brothers Mark, Randy, nephew Andrew. I oh, hope that was his full name.
1: Hey, nephew Andrew. Get
0: over here.
1: Get playing. Stop (laughs) talking to those chicks and get (laughs) playing the drums like you're paid to do.
2: Oh, and they're still going. They they are uh, Mark, Randy, Nephew, Andrew, and an unknown niece, it says on Wikipedia. Who is the unknown niece? Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to to introduce our newest band member. Please welcome on stage, the unknown niece.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Um... I think that we should look into booking Barge. see how much it costs. You, might be, surprised. you might be Not pleasantly surprised. No, we'll, we'll I get reckon the whole group. Could
2: put, yeah, you could probably get him for two grand. you could probably get the whole group for two eight. All, All right, right well, let's, let's give much. it a go
1: and see if they could open our show in thirst for us.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Just might one song,
2: though. We're only on for an hour. Yeah. We'll, we'll cut one of the things out of the set.
1: Anyway, um, um, the rhythm of the trains always made me fall asleep. So we're all yeah. on a lad's holiday, and it probably was a bit weird that I kept every time we got on a train. Everyone was like, Oh let's, 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 let's get pissed yeah. up, we. right?" And I was just like, "I think I'll have a, ma- a nap." You, you were like, i fucking pod. Michael Portillo." <laughs> reading my book and then looking out the window and pointing out <laughs> historical fucking places uh, to got, my mates. You've
2: got Lampard. Well, actually, I think you'll find the need to re- recharge my
1: batteries somewhat. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So I'll be taking
2: 40 winks.
1: <laughs> exactly. You could all expend your energy if you want, but you'll regret it once we re- arrive at our destination. <laughs> you'll be tetchy, tired and techy. <laughs> and you won't feel like doing any of the excursions I have planned. <laughs> your <laughs> loss. my laminated it- itinerary. Your loss. Good night. Nighty-night. Right. Now, what I do is I fall asleep always with my mouth wide open. And then fucking every time fill my fucking mouth with shit. Right. Not actual shit. No, but like sometimes sweets, loads of wrappers, like sweet wrappers and bits of paper. Yeah. Fag ends, for real, fag ends. Right. And they do a game like, and it was sort of like buckaroo. It was basically, they all went round and it's like mm. who, everyone had to put a piece in and keep going, taking it in turns until I woke up. And the person who woke me up was the loser. And even though I knew they did this, and this was a long trip all around Europe, it fucking happened on every single train journey. You would have thought fucking I'd have gone hell. either not slept, gone and hidden somewhere like the toilet to sleep or up in the luggage rack, or filled my mouth as a precautionary measure with something. To block
2: it, uh, I, can, I just I've just had an idea for a fantastic uh, kids game we can put mm. on the market. Snoozing Sam, yeah. And you get the plastic head of Sam, yeah, with plastic, the mouth open, bald head, yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit like bookaroo, Um <laughs> and you've got to drop as many things into Snoozing Sam's mouth as you can, but put too many in, <laughs> his jaws will slam shut and his eyes will open. And what he'll about go, uh, <gasps> what about, a
1: tea, what about a tea time game show on ITV? Yeah. Like, whatever, if, I'm, when I'm Ben breathing. Shepherd takes a break in the summer months from what you yeah. call it, what's it called, the Tip big drop? Tipping point. not the big drop. <laughs> Tipping point, right, then they could do, what's it called again, Sleeping Sam? Snoozing Sam. Sam. Hello, yeah. and welcome to Snoozing <laughs> Sam. You're the host, <laughs> and I'm obviously Snoozing Sam. Pitch it. Get it pitched.
2: Yeah. I'll just clip this out of the episode and just send this bit into fucking Channel 4, whatever. Job mm. done. Good. Um, where were we? What was this about? How did Keegan. we get to this? Keegan. Yeah. Still, the first eleven minutes. The third of the podcast gone already. There. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was the shenanigans were going on in the transfer dealings at Newcastle. Keegan was utterly demoralised. He says uh, Mike Ashley was just patronising him every time he'd ring, ring him up. All right, there, King Kev. How are you doing? The king of football. How can I rip you off today? And then uh, Mike would fucking see he would get back to him the next day, but he never would. And Kev lost his rag and he sent him a text which said, the most honest man in football treated like garbage. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were at. Mike Ashley treating Kev like garbage. And it was, um, it was to do with this loan for this, this player, Gonzalez, who came in, who nobody had seen. Kev had seen him on YouTube you've <laughs> been given the wrong name are you alright there
1: you're having yeah, a bit oh, of a I'm cough sorry I was plugging my phone in and having a bit of a cough but Snooze- I think snoozing right Sam co-
2: coughing up a fly or something like that yeah uh, and Dennis Wise explained that the deal was a favour for two agents um, Paco Casale Uruguayan and Marcelo Lombillo what and Argento, Paco like Paco, Paco Diaz like Paco Diaz it all connects together doesn't it it all Fuck fits you now. So they'd help us to get Colachini and Gutierrez, and it said if they took the hit on this one occasion and agreed to park Gonzalez, they would look upon us favourably in the future.
1: Well, what do you want me to do with him? <laughs> I don't what know Dennis where says. to put him. Dennis Wise says,
2: You don't even have to play this guy. We want to keep the agent sweet. If you don't want to play at the train with you, you can put him in the academy. And if you don't like him, we can get rid of him in January.
1: Right. But- or what we could, what Mike suggested is, he quite likes the idea of them coming up to his um library where he likes to sit and drink his brandies <laughs> and smoke his cigars, and they can just like strip off and wrestle in front of him until one's dead. <laughs> you know, like man dingoes in the olden times. How we can gonna, use them are, like
2: that. But well, how are they gonna die? Don't you worry about that, Kevin.
1: <laughs> well, think about it. One will kill the other. They're gonna, One of them has to beat the other one to death. And and Mike Ashley sits there with his pals, right, with Derek, Lambias, and all the rest of them, and they all clap and cheer until one of them's dead.
2: I don't want to have to think about this. Um, he says, I thought Dennis was kidding at first. Dennis has also said, uh, Mike Ashley's view was that Gonzalez didn't even have to set foot in St. James's Park, which just backs at what you've just said, just send him straight to the library. Yeah. And uh, there you are. He can can live there in a nest.
1: Get entertaining, Mike Ashley.
2: Yeah. Uh, I thought Dennis was kidding at first. He liked to laugh and I genuinely thought he might be joking. I'm not joking. When I realised he was being serious, I knew immediately I couldn't have done anything, have anything to do with a deal of that nature. I wanted to save the club from the possibility of being investigated. I wanted to protect the people around me and I wanted to look after my own reputation. I didn't like the word parked and I dreaded to think of the repercussions. If what the club were doing reached the newspapers, it would have been a scandal. Well, it's out there in the open now and you know, everyone seemed to get away with it. Um, strange one, but Dennis called it a favour, but as favours go, it was going to cost Newcastle a fortune. Both players were going to be on seven figure salaries because the other one was Cisco as well. Cisco was on three million a year and, uh, Paco Casal got 250 euros from Valencia as part of the deal. Terrible, terrible stuff.
0: Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to
2: quince.com slash trip for free shipping at 365 day returns.
0: Jalapeño.
2: This section of the book is, it's kind of like a grim ending that we're coming to isn't it because we've had so many fun and frolics over the episodes yeah. and now it's becoming sour and bitter well,
1: if you remember the book starts you remember all those months ago whenever the fuck we started Jesus, this yeah the, b- the the book starts on a sour note as a, because he starts at the end and sort of says mm. about how he was having to smuggle himself back in st james's Park in disguise yeah. <laughs> uh, which obviously yeah. became a late motif of the book And and he he, you know and really this hangs like a shadow over an extraordinary career with far more ups than downs right and a life lived to to the full not in the way Georgie Best did I mean Georgie Best just lived a life pissed up really he missed out on all the things he could have done Kevin Keegan had a wonderful career a wonderful life um, you know loads of excitement loads of achievement and yet I feel in this book that all of that has been completely soured by his experiences at, at his second time at Newcastle. It casts a big shadow. It's like you've always said, Andy, you've always said you can't go back, right? Yeah. And Kev, the, the experience of Kevin Keegan proves that because he is a man who attempted to go back and look how it ended.
2: Yeah, it's almost like it's like a parable for how football has become over the years. It's like um, Kev was, was in his pomp during the, the, the years when there was so much mm. more fun. In football, it seemed it was simple. It was a simpler game on the field and off the field. And now, you know, money has kind of soured everything. And it's soured Kev, and it's no surprise that we've not seen him in football since then. Really, is it? You know, no. That was that was that was it for him.
1: He stays away even when he publicised this book. He did a little mm. bit, but he was quite. From what I hear, he was he wasn't you know the easiest to sort of book to even promote promote it. Yeah, he just he, he shuns the limelight, and he used to be a man who adored the limelight.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, it's, it's you know, it's, it's brought a sour end to this book, really. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll scroll through. So if I, I find feel sour. Something...
1: I'll be honest, I, pre- I preferred it when we were talking about DeBarge.
2: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Really, yeah. It
1: was fun. It felt like carefree days. Mm. Carefree, happy days. Um, And now I just feel like I've accidentally downed a fucking glass of sour milk that's two days oh, past its best.
2: With a, with a fly in it, maybe. Yeah,
1: and it's only... I've only just realised at the end that it was sour because I was too greedy yeah. to sip at it and that's check it. That's the first. worst
2: feeling, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That's the worst. Punished um, for my greed, not for the first time.
2: I mean, there's, there's a bit here uh, he says... He's having out with with, with Dennis Wise and he says, can you imagine, I asked Dennis, what Alex Ferguson's reaction would have been at Manchester United if two players had been signed behind his back or Rafa Benitez at Liverpool or any manager worth his salt to which Dennis Wise replied, Juan de Ramos at Spurs would do it this way. (laughs) (laughs) Kev says.
1: Bizarre.
2: Well, you need to find another Juan de Ramos then, I
1: snapped. (laughs)
2: Um, And it was a, a fiery meeting, he says. Derek Lambayas thought that Kev would just drive home, have a bit think about everything, and then be back in the following days if nothing would happened. Um, and then, once he realised that wasn't going to happen, Lambayas became loud and confrontational, it says. Telling me I wasn't going to be allowed to walk out on the club. What's he going wow. to do? Stand on the stairs and stop him from getting out?
1: Yeah, You're Tie not going anywhere, sack. sunshine. Yeah,
2: You're going in the cellar.
1: With the man that goes. Go- You're go- <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's where we keep them. You're going not in the pit them.
1: with Cisco and the rest of them.
2: <laughs> you don't know me, I said, and then I left. He wasn't going to bully me. Uh, and he says he drove away. He didn't see any possible way back, but then a message reached him that Mike actually wanted to meet one-on-one to see what could be done to put everything right in a private meeting, I was assured. Nobody would know about it, just the two of us at a secret address in London to thrash everything out. Oh, it might have been in Mike Ashley's library. I don't know. It might have hmm. recruited him for the uh, for his own pr- personal entertainment, knowing that the game was up and that Kev was going to leave anyway. You might as well get him in the library and have him fight something. You know, yeah. under the under the lie <laughs> of it being, a, um, "Come a in meeting. here,
1: you, you're <laughs> going to fight Alpha <Arthur> Cox."
0: <laughs> you're going to fight Alpha. I've worked with him death. for years.
1: You're going to fight him. <laughs> and one of you's walking out of here and the other one's not because he'll be dead. was <laughs> oh, walking out dead. I, I can't fight Arthur Cox to the death. He's an old man. <laughs> it's not fair. Then Arthur Cox goes, hey, 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 oh. I might be old, but I can still fucking handle myself, young Kevin.
2: I fancy oh, many chances on. against you.
1: No, I didn't <laughs> want to fight you, but now I do. <laughs> <laughs> now you've like laid down a gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so at the back of my mind Kev was still thinking maybe he's going to give me some control and the powers I need to do the job properly of course he fucking isn't Kev for fuck's sake
1: you're in an abusive relationship yeah
2: exactly that's exactly what it is isn't it maybe he'll change Mm. he says he'll change maybe he's right
1: we've all been in them
2: oh god yeah (laughs) Um, I was still clinging to the hope that he would tell me he understood all my frustrations and more and that he still loved me no I didn't say that uh, I went down to London, and as I turned the corner where this supposedly conf- uh, confidential meeting was taking place, a Sky cameraman was waiting on the pavement. It had been leaked, and I had been stitched up. Newcastle, I assume, wanted pictures of me so they could tell the fans they tried their best to talk me around. And that's a pretty shitty fucking piece of behaviour, that really is. Terrible isn't
1: it? people. What was their it's agenda, been- though? Because almost from day one, they were doing everything to undermine him. And you sort of think, Why? maybe they knew that they were going to run the club into the ground and they thought maybe we can get a patsy yeah um, I don't
2: know because it's, it's it's running into the ground but they're still bouncing along in the Premier League they've, they've been at the Premier League twice in the last 10 years but they keep bouncing back and I don't know It's it's I don't know why Ashley does what he does but I think that's probably that's part of his charm, I suppose, Sam.
1: Well, you could say on on the basis of what you're saying, you could say he's made a success of it because Newcastle United are traditionally a what mid table top flight team.
2: Yeah, I say so. Apart from that, that blip of success twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: they're a mid table team. You know, if you look at their history, the, the you know, and all the rest of it, that's that's what they are, right? And what uh, and and he's. Successfully, presumably their finances are in better sense than they they were because what he's done is he's fucking he's not done insane investment like perhaps previous regimes have done. Hmm. You know, overstretching, shooting for the moon, and he has kept them like basically he's had more seasons in the Premier League than not. And every season you're in the Premier League, you make a shitload of money, and they basically they've been survivors despite numerous managerial changes. And you could argue that that's a success. Like, for instance, if a manager of, let's say, Crystal Palace or Southampton or West Ham, you know, had, had achieved a similar thing, you'd be like, well, not West Ham, because they're like Newcastle fans sometimes, they're a bit like, sort of, we should be winning the league. <laughs> right, there are sim- there are parallels. We didn't used to be like that. But now, obviously, we have become like that. And uh, But... Yeah, I mean, you know, you could say he's done an all right job, Mike Ashley, hasn't he? Right, there's
2: been worse. There's been worse fucking 10 miles down the road at Sunderland, hasn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, are there. We're in and League look One, at, so... Look at the other big clubs who've, like, been mismanaged much worse. Like, fucking hell, where are Leeds and Sheffield's Wednesday now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where exactly. are Nottingham Forest? Or Derby County, right? They're yeah. all fucking teams who've just, like, you know, been been out of the top flight for fucking years and years.
2: Yeah. But at the end of the day, Mike Ashley is a massive prick.
1: Yeah, he uh, is. That
2: can't be denied. Um, he, he
1: is, but perhaps that distracts us from the reality of his great achievements. He's great. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've convinced myself now. <laughs> he is a hero. They <laughs> should build a fucking statue of him. Because if <laughs> it wasn't... pulled
2: down, pull down the it, Bobby Robson one.
1: <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't for fucking Mike Ashley, who knows? Newcastle United... Could be like the next fucking berry, right? Out yeah, of yeah. business, on yeah. their ass, right? You're no longer fucking. You haven't got a club to support anymore, so you're having to go to who are that silly team who always blythe um, blythe Blyth Spartans. <laughs> oh right, yeah. You'll be up fucking. You'd all be up blythe Spartans, l- lads. If it wasn't for Mike Ashley, Mike Ashley is a Geordie legend. He's turned your club around. Right, he has made them consistent survivors in the top flight, mm. which, by the way, makes you hundreds of millions just by being there every year. Right, And no matter how many managers have come and gone, they keep going. And my bet is they'll stay in the Premier League this year as well under Steve Bruce.
2: To be fair, he has continually brought in terrible managers, probably with the exception of Benitez. But, but in a way, know. that makes him even better.
1: It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter who we bring in. We still survive. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's done it with his ankles chained together.
1: Yeah. So actually, yeah. You know, listen, let's not judge Bruce too harshly. I think Bruce will end up doing all right.
2: Mm, we'll see. As, as someone whose club was blighted by Steve Bruce mm. once, we'll see. Um, Kev, yeah, sees the sky cameraman. Uh, unfortunately for the cameraman, I learned that day I'd still had some of the old Kevin Keegan pace. I shot off straight away, ducked into the nearest restaurant, <laughs> explained to the staff I needed an escape route, and the chef let me go through the kitchens and out
1: the back exit. It's me, That's... Kevin Keegan. I needed an <laughs> escape route. Just like in Goodfellas. I ran now... into pret a <clears throat> Now,
2: this is um, it's a nice story, but at the same time, it's kind of indicative of where we are, because I think the old Kev would have asked for a set of chef's whites, and one of them big chef's hats, and dressed up, and ran away that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Straight at the back, dressed as a chef, maybe painted on a little French chef moustache, with yeah. a, little, a little curly
1: moustache on. He's he's that low that he's even lost hmm. his desire to, to disguise himself. For dressing up, and, and yeah. that is the one. I mean, no matter how bad things have got in his life, that is the one constant. More constant mm-hmm. than anything. More constant even than Gene, right? was his yeah. love of a disguise. And by this stage, he had been ground down by the regime of Mike Ashley and his minions to such an extent that he'd lost the buzz, the buzz that dressing up used to give him. Mm-hmm.
2: His flame had gone out, hadn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I think at his peak, Kevin Keegan would have tried to shrink himself down and hide in the chef's hat like in that film Ratatouille. Oh, yeah. It's great Can, film, he great would have he, he couldn't have done it, but he would have thought it possible. He would have thought, there's nothing that Kevin Keegan can't do. I can shrink myself down and hide in the chef's hat till what the What I attempted to do
1: was, I thought my only option was to shrink myself tiny, like in the film Ratatouille, hide in a chef's hat and then control the chef's arms using a pulley system, also like in Ratatouille. Now, although this had never been done before, I knew from my experience in football that there's nothing that can't be done if you really put your mind to it. So I shut my <laughs> eyes, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought, uh, and hey, presto, <clears> i <I've> would become <throat> tiny.
2: I thought, it's time for the electric mouse to become an actual mouse.
1: <laughs> and I tried,
2: but it didn't work. So, yeah. Fucking and that was mad
1: film, that... Ratatouille, by the way. Like, yeah, well, we haven't
2: it, got time to cover that today. Can
1: we? No, but it, no, just just quickly, it is a really good film, if you haven't seen it, see it. But what can't thought it up and pitched it... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was uh, Sir John Ratatouille. Got an idea for a film. Pixar, and I was at Pixar. Why haven't you made a film about a rat chef yet? <laughs> Get this, he lives in the chef's hat. And he
2: controls his arms.
0: <laughs> Fucking great.
2: I've, I've got a script. I'm sending it over now. <laughs> I've got this game show as well, snoozing Sam. What do you
1: reckon? <laughs> I'll chuck that into the package for free.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: so, yeah, the, the flame's gone out. There's no more disguising, and there's no more Newcastle. He says, after that, there was no way back. Uh, they'd made my job untenable, and when I officially announced my resignation via the League Managers Association, I wanted to meet a Clayton supporters. I'd been in office, but not been in power. It's my opinion that a manager must have the right to manage, and clubs must not impose upon any manager any player that he does not want. Uh, I feel incredibly sorry for the players, staff, and the supporters who have have been left with no choice other than to leave. And um, that that is, you know, that's the end of that era. Kev's gone from Newcastle, and Kev has gone from football, pretty much.
1: Yeah, that's him. He's never. I don't. He doesn't really mention after this. I don't think. I'm sure we'll get onto it that he about any other offers that he's had. Really.
2: Well, well, I think the next episode might well be the last one, but we're going to get legal in the next one because it's his. uh, It's his his constructive dismissal court case. Oh yeah. uh, He might dress up for that. Who knows? He might dress up as a lawyer.
1: Him and Terry might turn up in their old um, court outfits that they used to wear. Yeah.
2: Yeah he shall bang 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 when he wants to bang his gavel just like the old days uh, we'll see but that's it from this one um, we'll be back with another one next time
1: Yeah, take it or leave it dickheads yeah
2: whatever Ta-ra.